Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815, on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, Pedro Strope and Pitching Coaches, and ask me questions if I was confusing. Don't look at the responses. That is a popular topic on especially Twitter, not exclusively Twitter, but especially Twitter. Don't look at the responses. For instance, maybe take a Taylor McGregor who does the Cubs updates on Marquee Sports Network. Or a Jordan Bastian who does the questions for ChicagoCubs.com. Russell Dorsey does the same sort of thing as they receive information they post comments the cubs starting lineup will be they post the starting lineup the cubs most recent roster transaction is they post the roster transaction don't look at the responses. When I write an article for Bleed Cubby Blue, I write the article, check it, recheck it, check it a 17th time, send it off to Al. My editor, he probably finds a couple of things that I misspelled even though I looked at it 17 different times, and it gets submitted. Don't look at the responses. I did homework coming up with the idea. I did homework writing it and submitting it. Quite often, there will be someone who reads my article, and I'm glad they read my article, that has a completely different response than I was wanting to read. For instance, I talk about possibly a person the Cubs might want to draft in the second round. I do the research. I have a couple of games I'm interested in. I possibly look up a couple of interviews online that he'd had. I kind of dig this guy. He makes sense. He's a right fielder. Every team could use an improvement in their right field development system, etc., etc., etc. I do the, whether it's a 600-word article or an 1,100-word article, find some sort of angle that people haven't read before. And I think, yeah, this is the kind of guy I would like to have the Cubs seriously select in the second round of the draft. So 
I submit the article. The article prints. And I read the responses. And among the responses on this sort of an article, you can almost set your watch by it. The Cubs need a pitcher. Don't read the responses. Now, I tend to be a bit of a contrarian. I tend to look at things differently from a lot of people. If it's something that I haven't written, if I've written an article, I have something invested in that article, emotionally, mentally. I, I have... I hope my writing can get people to look at things in a certain fashion. Sometimes that fails. Sometimes I fail at it miserably. Sometimes people walk into an article with a bent entirely different from what I'm walking in with. Don't read the responses. Sometimes I go out of my way to read responses. For instance, when Taylor McGregor or Jordan Bastian writes the starting lineup, here is the starting lineup for the Cubs. And I'm showing, uh, maybe I took a nap, maybe I'd just been out doing something. And I get back in, Jordan Bastian, here is the Cubs starting lineup. There are seven responses to Jordan Bastian saying, here is the Chicago Cubs starting lineup. Seriously? Seven responses to a starting lineup. How in the Sam Hill can you have seven responses to the starting lineup? Unless maybe he misspelled one of the players' names? How do you have seven responses to a starting lineup? Taylor McGregor posts some roster moves. How do you have seven responses to a roster move? I love hitting those responses up. Just to click on it. What are people responding to? Cubs send down player A, call up player B. I check the responses. Because sometimes people are inquisitive. Why is it that they went with this move instead of that move? Possible response, yes? Those are the people I'm trying to find. Those are the people I'm trying to find. I'm Because regardless who the writer is, the paid professional journalists are not normally going to respond if the Cubs call up Rex Brothers. And someone responds. Perhaps there's someone asking the question, why didn't they call up Justin Steele instead? Whoever the journalist is, they're not going to respond to that. They're almost certainly not going to respond to that because their gig is to spread information, not engage in discussion topics. 
my gig is to engage in discussion topics. So if I can find a question out there online, much of my day is if I ought to be working on something writing related. On Twitter, I'll type in hashtag Cubs. Press go, press latest, and see what are the latest comments regarding people saying hashtag Cubs on Twitter. Now, 85% of it's garbage. 90% of it's garbage. And 5% of it is um, men undressing themselves and standing in front of a camera, which, while that's really why I'm not... Ay, ay, ay. Block this user. Um, but occasionally I'll run into someone asking a valid question, a very pertinent question, a very appropriate question. And that's why I seek those sorts of questions out. On the other hand, sometimes I get doozies as far as don't read the comments. Someone was recently talking about the Cubs signing Pedro Strope. Now, those articles are fantastica for me reading the comments. Because if you see there are 27 responses to Cubs sign Pedro Strope. There are any of a various number of different responses that you could have that could get you up to 27 responses. Hats to the left. Hashtag Go Cubs Go. Uh, yay, I love this guy. He's wonderful. Uh, you know, any, And there are some. Why would they bother? Whether I engage or not, uh, depends on my mood, depends upon how they phrase it. I'm basically looking to answer questions people have. Because if I'm willing to answer the questions that the people have, maybe they will say, hmm, maybe this person is adequate at answering questions and should be one of the people that I consider valuable on my Twitter account or whatever. Maybe I should look into when I'm answering stuff on Facebook. Maybe I should consider uh, checking out this guy's stuff on the Cubs on Facebook. Who knows? You know, maybe, maybe yes, maybe no. But when people get very agitated by the Cubs re-signing Pedro Strope, it's interesting because... What are they so angry at? What specifically annoys them? For some people, it's going to be a civics sort of thing. I don't like him because, in parentheses, I can't give the real reason why I don't like Pedro Strope. So I'll give a different answer that really can't be shaken, and I can use that as the reason that I don't like Pedro Strope. Sometimes you'll run into that. Sometimes it's, he made me nervous when he was pitching, so I don't want the Cubs to bring him back, or something along those lines. 
I do appreciate you guys listening. Uh, when I went to bed on Saturday morning after Friday night, the podcasts hadn't gotten a whole bunch of listens because smartly you guys were taking care of important essential business on Friday night into Saturday morning and hadn't read my podcast yet. But by the time I awoke, the numbers were all back there and it was um, very good to see. And then I figure, okay, I have a couple more podcasts I want to get out before the Cubs game starts and possibly before I get out, get a couple things done before said Cubs game. So uh, if there's a podcast that you enjoy, this might even be one of them. And you have a person who you're thinking, you know, that person might like this podcast. Feel free to forward along to them. You're better at that than I am, probably. Uh, podcast allows sponsorships. So if you think I'm doing a really nice job, consider that. And most of all, just keep listening. And if you have any questions as far as how a, a, a couple podcast topic episode, podcast episode topics that you would recommend, feel free to fire away. I've I have a list. I have a list of potential podcast. I actually have a. I'm actually listing the podcasts now that I'm recording, along with the podcast recording number, and uh so I can go back and do the research on that, at least from the recent vintage ones. Um, yeah, if you have any questions along those lines, feel free to bother me. Back to Pedro Strope, though. Pedro Strope was added to the 60-man roster for two reasons. One, he might help this year. And two, he might be a coach in some organization at some point in the future. And given their druthers, the Cubs would prefer to have him coaching in their pipeline. And that was one of the topics that was up in one of the Facebook groups. And someone asked, why would you want Pedro Strope to be a coach in a system? Have you seen the way he's out of balance when he's delivering? And at some point, I was, it's kind of like one of those block games where you try to fit the star block into the star opening. And, you know, it's a child game where they uh, get used to which sort of, there's the circle and the circle, and you put the circle block into the circle hole. And the block goes in. But if you try to stick the circle hole into the star, uh, the uh, into the star, it won't fit. Strope as a coach. If a player is a pitching coach, I don't know how much you've ever dealt with coaching either in your current job or any other job. Baseball is a bit different from like cost accountancy or something like that, where it's all numbers and formulas and stuff. With baseball, it's do you have the necessary skills to get to a certain level? And beyond that, do you have the basic 
mental ability and toughness and ability to repeat your delivery to execute it long term. When a player is a pitching coach at any level, they are sent 8, 10, 12, 30 guys. Here are your pitchers. Try to make them better. And the first, one of the first steps is, let me see you pitch. It's not specifically a case of I'm going to make you do everything exactly the way I do. That's not what coaching is about. Coaching is about you already have certain skills or you wouldn't be here. If Pedro Strope is sent to Mesa or Boca Chica or South Bend as a pitching coach, his goal is to become familiar with the pitchers under his command. Let me see you pitch. Let me see what you're doing. Hey, that's a really nice delivery. I like that splitter you have. Your curveball is bouncing. And it's a question of when do you provide recommendations? And if you provide recommendations, what would they be? Because most of the time, if a pitcher's doing fairly well, you let him go. I know at my job, I loved it when my boss would have nothing to say to me. Absolutely nothing. No, last five, six months, you've been doing fine. Just keep doing it. Just go. Continue. And if you have a pitcher who is generally doing rather well, generally getting people out, I'll use, if you're listening in early September of 2010, Dwayne Underwood has been doing fairly well recently. Hey, just, you know, what you're doing? Keep doing that. Keep doing that. I'm not even going to mess with it because you're doing a good job. Keep doing that. That thing that you're doing. Apparently, somebody was noting that he's been throwing fewer strikes and getting hitters to swing at the ball. If you're throwing fewer strikes and the hitters are swinging at it, just keep doing that. Regardless what the level is, if your ERA is under two, under two and a half, whatever you're doing, just keep doing that. I'm going to stay out of your way. I'm not going to interfere. A pitching coach's job is to be there when a player starts to struggle. So you get that guy who's, you know, he made the roster. He's considered good enough to be on the team. And after three or four outings, his ERA is eight and a half. Hey, coach, what am I doing wrong? 
Well, then the coach's job is to figure out where's the problem. Where's the problem? Is it maybe his he's um, landing at a different release point each time? Maybe his arm isn't properly lining up. It could be any of a various number. Maybe he's just a bad pitcher. Maybe that. Maybe his skills have gotten to a point where the players on the other team they're just better than he is, and there's there's no fixing it. It's like everybody at the league is hitting at a 92 mile an hour velocity, and he's throwing at 88 and a half, and doesn't have any special command or anything. At some point, it's like, son, I don't know what we're going to fix. But most of the time, the pitches are out of the zone, or he's bouncing his curveball, or maybe his mental approach is wrong. He's throwing too many fastballs, not enough fastballs, too many sliders, not enough sliders, something. And the pitching coach has to be there too in a positive fashion. Hey, why don't you try this? Maybe you should use a different... Uh, grip on your curveball. Maybe you should d- d- just try this because because you're struggling. You need to try to find something that's. Or it could be a case of what you're doing is exactly right. They're hitting the ball against you and they're just finding the gaps. There's absolutely nothing you're doing wrong. It's just you're having a bad stretch of success. Now, if you have a person in an organization who their job is to get pitchers to perform better against the level that they're playing against, major league level, triple A, double A, wherever, and there are scads of different levels. There'll be fewer levels next year when there are fewer levels, but there are different levels. Pedro Strope would be perfectly useful Perfectly useful in the Dominican Summer League. He would be perfectly useful in Mesa or any of the outposts along the line. Because, first off, he's pitched in the major leagues. That doesn't make a person a good teacher, but it makes a person someone that people, uh, that players who are pitchers will give a certain amount of respect to. There have been pitcher pitching coaches through the years who, well, why am I going to listen to you? You never pitched at the major league level. That's kind of a crappy attitude from the pitcher because if a pitching coach is there to help them, they should probably listen to pretty much anybody who's qualified if they're struggling. But some people who haven't reached at least a certain level of success probably won't get complete buy-in from the pitchers. But Pedro Strope is a major league pitcher. He has the most postseason relief postseason pitching appearances by any player in Chicago Cubs history. Nobody has pitched in more postseason games for the Cubs than Pedro Strope. Players in the Cubs organization or any major league organization ought to 
be open to suggestions from Pedro Strope, particularly if their ERA is 6.58 or 10.17. If it's not working, hey, coach, skip. What am I doing wrong? That's what you're looking for from a coach. Being willing to assist, having some ideas on. Now, Pedro Strope, if someone at the Dominican Summer League level says, Coach, I'm not getting people out. This is frustrating. I'm used to getting doing better. What am I doing wrong? One thing Pedro Strope will not, 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 not do. Like you're not supposed to read the comments. Not, 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 not read the comments. One thing Pedro Strope will not, 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 not do. If there's a player who, whether he's had success before or whether he just hasn't quite figured it out pro level, whatever, whichever, he's not going to say, I want you to pitch exactly like I did. I want you to have exactly the same delivery that I did. I want you to have the exact same release point that I did. Pitching coaches aren't about that. Someone in one of the comments said, why do you want Pedro Strope as a coach? Because have you seen how out of balance he is when he's pitching? Strope's job is to look at a pitcher's delivery Pedro Strope's job, whether he's an official pitching coach or a de facto coach in the alternate training site in South Bend, perhaps Rex Brothers will come over and Pedro, do you see anything I'm doing? Do you see anything I can do to fix this? Maybe he'll be able to see something. Maybe he won't. If you have a young pitcher who's developing, coach. What can I do? Now, have you ever had a situation where you were having trouble with something at work? At work, maybe in a family situation, I, whatever. And you go to a either a mentor or a professional. I'm having trouble with this thing. What do you think I should do? Now, I had something along those lines at one point in my life. And there were two people that were effectively in charge of the situation, in, in charge of um, improving productivity. And one person, their method was bark and scream. How well do you think that worked with me? I was having a little bit of trouble, and anytime something amazingly, that didn't get me to do any better. Here's another person who, hey, you're doing fine. Don't worry. You know, it, it'll. Which person do you think I look forward to? when I was in that situation? The person who was gentle and calm or the person who I knew at some point this person's going to start barking at me and I know it, and I know it, and it would happen. Eventually, it no longer mattered. Eventually, I was no longer there. But uh, 
What you're looking for in a pitching coach is someone who, somebody's having that struggle, whether they're supposed to be a major prospect in the system, whether they're just some ancillary dude that somebody was signed for ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000 and the team decided, you know what, this guy's worth taking a look at. Let's see how well he pitches. Because when a pitcher's being signed at the lowest level possible, they're not chucking 96 with command and late movement. That's not how people are signed. When people are signed as 16, 17, 18, 19-year-olds in the Dominican Republic, in Colombia, in Venezuela, wherever they're being signed, they're not finished products. It's a scout saying, you know what? I think I see something there. I think I see something there. Let's clear some money. Let's offer this person an amount and get them to come join our organization. So this kid who's out tossing 88, 89, but he's just a young kid, Cubs offer him. Let's say they offer, toss an 88, 89 as a 15-year-old. They come to an agreement. They're going to sign him for $125,000. $125,000 signing bonus. Soon as July 2nd, well, this cycle, it's going to be January 15th. I don't know how they're going to do it after that. But we want to sign you, let's just say it's July 2nd. 2023, we're going to sign you. And we're going to send you off to the Dominican compound. And the guy goes out there. He's having a degree of success. Then he runs into some struggles and says, Pedro, what am I doing wrong? I'm not getting hitters out. What am I doing wrong? What do you think the player wants to hear from their pitching coach. Or you think he wants to hear, you're doing fine. Got a couple ideas, but really you're doing fine. It's going to come around. You're developing. You're still figuring out how to find your release point. You're still trying to just basic stuff. Caring about the person. Knowing what gets hitters out at the upper levels. Pedro Strope going to the South Bend alternate training site isn't about how straight does he wear his cap. It's not about that. At some point in the future, Pedro Strope could be that person who... Some youngster, coach, it's not working. The hitters, they're hitting me. I'm not used to this. What can I do to start getting hitters out better? What am I doing wrong? I've been noticing. When you're landing your plant foot, you, etc., etc., etc. Or, how about this? When you're using your curveball, let's change your grip up just a little bit. And 
your four-seamer. How about we start with the four-seamer more often? Just talking. Gently. Letting the player mentally work through what's being discussed. And not barking. Not yelling. Not screaming. The goal of a pitching coach is to have however many players they have. Let's say you have 16 kids on a Dominican Summer League pitching rotation. And basically those 16 kids are going to be together for the next two or three months. They're going to be trying to get better. And the pitching coach's job is to get as many of them as possible to be good enough to get called up to the next level. That's the goal. Get these guys to be better. Pedro Strope is popular with the major league players. Pedro Strope, obviously, look at his numbers. He knows how to get hitters out. He knows the mental game. He's cheerful. He's pleasant. He gets along with players. And at some point, he should have the immediate respect from players who look at his record and realize this guy was good. Strope makes sense as a pitching coach. It's not about was his delivery pristine. The goal is not about making everyone exactly like you are. The goal is to iron out any flaws as the player is willing to plug in the iron. I think Strope would be good at that. Does that mean he would necessarily be one of the 30 best pitching coaches in the entire world? Maybe at some point he might be. But what you're looking for is players who can relate to other pitchers. Players who can relate to pitchers who, Skip, it's just not working. I'm struggling. What's wrong? What am I doing wrong? How can I? And gently helping them get better. I think Strope would be good at that. And I'm quite confident the Cubs would be more than willing to give him the opportunity. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arb Excellence. I'll try to post another podcast, A Circumstances Warrant One. I'll attempt to make that one worth your time as well. Be safe. Go Cubs, go. And be nice to people.